You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Good morning. Glory to the name of the Lord. So it's Thursday morning and we are continuing our conversation about Elijah's mantle. I thank God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this topic. And Lord, we pray that this message goes forth with clarity according to your perfect word. Let the spirit of revelation and wisdom and counsel and knowledge rest upon this broadcast. And God, we ask that you just blow your breath upon it, enliven it in the name of Jesus and let it continue to bear fruit and birth out things in this earth realm according to your perfect will. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And we pray the blood of Jesus over this broadcast. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I We could keep on going in prayer, okay? But <laughs> if you ask me, we could just keep on praying, but we're not going to do that right now. Um, we're going to continue to talk about Elijah's mantle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And um how deep it is that it was not just for the the um, Hebrews, but it was actually also for the church. And Elijah, his his way being on display like that, his um, his way of functioning being on display like that was a guide to us. And even to the point where he was taken up into heaven, it was all a, a, a wink concerning the church and the rapture and everything. So. Listen, you all, we have an assignment from God and we all have this, this revelation of these various offices to keep the church running and these various gifts and anointings. And we also have these things that we understand, which are called mantles. And, um, we have these, this various mantles and this, uh, there would be a, 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 a mantle for Moses and a, a Daniel mantle, but Elisha has this mantle. And I want us to speak briefly about how important uh, the true prophetic ministry is in the end times. Okay. And it's so important now because Jesus told us that during this time, we're going to see a lot of false prophets. So the fruit that the, the prophet is true, and I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with whether they're accurate or not. It's about the fruit, just like Jesus told us that they're producing. We want to see the spirit of restoration in the church. And so we can say that if this person is actually speaking as a true prophet and they're operating in that continuation of Elijah's mantle, then we should see things being restored in the church like order, like power like authority come on here like real leadership like unity these things should be restored in the church if there is a true prophetic mantle going forth and if you want to hear more about my thoughts on uh prophecy and um the office of prophets um in conjunction with the office of the apostles then please go to air air apostolic integrity radio and listen to the episode the first episode about the objective of that of that whole podcast but in this end times there is this this i see something going on with the apostles and with the prophets and the lord brought this topic to me and this mantle plays a huge role hallelujah in the ministry and the true apostolic ministry but 
also in the overall anointing and functioning and operation of the church. We need this mantle now. Remember what Jesus said, and I, I want us to put all of this together with the revelation of Elijah's mantle still being alive today and his ministry continuing on even into the church, even through John the Baptist and on and on. We're going to go more into that. But think about this. The Lord tells us that in the end times, there will be many false prophets. Now, there was about one prophet that stood up in the Old Testament to hundreds, to hundreds of false prophets. This was Elijah. Not only did he stand up to them, but he demonstrated the power of God against them. And then he caused them all to die. And it's so important that we read between the lines by the spirit of God and hear the revelation of Jesus saying to us in Malachi, the spirit of um, Elijah, he's coming in this in this New Testament age, in this church age, the spirit of Elijah is coming and he's going to be restoring order. This mantle is going to keep on going. It's going to, we're going to see it active in John the Baptist and it's going to keep on going and keep on going. Remember how confrontational John the Baptist was and how um, honest and open and confident he was. And it was really um, reminiscent of Elijah when he was um, speaking with Ahab, just like how John the Baptist would speak with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you generation of vipers, who told you to escape the damnation that's coming? It's the same type of boldness that Elijah had, but we have to have that same, that same same confidence, same boldness, and same anointing. And if for anyone who says, well, God doesn't want that in the church age, well, explain to me the two witnesses with fire coming out of their mouths and everybody actually rejoicing when they die because they had such a, a hard-hitting message to give. No, God's power is never supposed to be diluted. The church age is supposed to demonstrate it, not dilute it. And in God's power, woven into God's power, is God's truth. You're not going to get his power without his truth. And I believe that's something that we're missing in the church age. When Elijah came, he came speaking truth. When John the Baptist came, he came speaking truth. But we want to speak something that's sugarcoated because we want to be politically correct. We don't want to be offensive. And we feel like we want to attract as many people as possible. But the things that are highly esteemed among men are an abomination in the sight of God. And those are the words of Jesus Christ. It's nice that you want to steam and it's nice that you want to expand your platform, but except the Lord built the house, they labor in vain that build it. I believe there are so many people that God has imparted this bold, hard hitting anointing into, but because of certain church politics and traditions, they don't want to come forth. But I must say that you have to be birthed out by God's spirit, not by man's spirit. Thank you, Jesus. So the spirit of Elijah has to be active in this church age because it's the spirit that exposes the false prophets, which Jesus said would certainly come in this church age, in these end times. So the spirit of Elijah and his mantle has to be upon us if we're going to operate in that boldness to address it, to expose it and to bear the fruit that says, no, this is what a real prophet looks like. And this is what a real prophet does. That's what a false prophet looks like. And that's what a false prophet does. There has to be something that, that, that separates us from what's real and what's not. 
We have to be able to look at the fruit and know, and it would take like when we think about when Paul says, if any man thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him confirm or affirm that the things that I'm saying are of the Lord. It would take a true prophet to come and affirm that the things that are being spoken, the truth, these words are certainly from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So what I find when I read scripture and, and um, as it pertains to this particular topic of Elijah's mantle still being alive in the church age, and we can go back and forth between, um, you know, like uh, first and second Kings and um, the gospels, and we can do some parallel things. And so it's just two scriptures that I, I want to um, bring before you one is in first Kings 19 starting at verse 19 and the next one is in Matthew 4 so let's go to first Kings the 19th chapter and the 19th verse and this is after Elijah is going through some things and he's saying listen I just want to die I can't I don't I don't want to do this anymore you know um, I, I don't have the strength that my fathers have I'm, I'm not as good as them you know I, I don't I, I can't go through you know <laughs> What some of these other prophets have gone through, I, I don't, I don't want to be killed by the king. I don't, I don't want to be present. I don't want my head cut off. I don't want to be tormented. I don't want these heathens killing me. Just kill me here in our, in this, in this intimate place, in this privacy. Just kill me here. And God says to him in so many words, "I'm not going to kill you because your anointing has to keep going." So I need you before you leave this earth. I need you to go and get somebody and place your mantle upon them because what's in you cannot die. Thank you, Jesus. Remember this all started because he separated. <laughs> he was separated from his family, separated from his lineage, separated from his bloodline. And now, although Elijah did not birth out any natural children, he has many spiritual sons and daughters. Glory to the name of the Lord. So let's read verse 19, 1 Kings 19 and 19. And it says, so he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12 and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. So now we see Elisha. He's working his family's business. He clearly um, is a, a well-to-do person with the amount of oxen that he had that was plowing. Could have been more somewhere. Don't know. <laughs> but he had those 12 and they were plowing and he was tending to the work of his family. We have to understand the, the correlation that when it's time for this mantle of Elijah to rest upon us, God will absolutely, certainly, without any reservation, separate us from our family. And he will absolutely reroute whatever we thought we were going to be doing. <laughs> Whoever we thought we were going to be marrying, wherever we thought we were going to be live and whichever type of ministry we thought we were going to have, however we thought our finances was coming through. Oh, no, 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 no. God is about to reroute you. Hallelujah. And it's according to your mantle. Not going to be according to your plans. It's going to be according to your mantle. You're still going to get married. You're still going to live somewhere. You're still going to have finances, but it's just not going to be what you thought. And this is where Elijah finds himself. He's doing what he had always done. He's doing what his siblings did. He's tending to the family's business. 
Some of us come from families of drug addicts. Some of us come from families of adulterers and divorcees. Some of us come from people who have lived in unstable situations from shelter to shelter. Some of us, it's time for those curses of instability, of divorce, of poverty, of addiction, of infirmity to be broken. But how? If you're still working that family business, do you understand that God has to separate you from those things so that you can walk in the full anointing? And we want to walk in the full anointing. We don't want to reach the end of our lives and say, if I only would have when God told me to, if I just would have went that way, I remember God told me, I don't want to be one of those people who have a bunch of regrets because they were too fearful to move in faith. So we find Elijah here and he's doing what he always thought he would be doing. He's doing what he knows. He's doing what he's comfortable with. But then here comes Elijah. Not, not a typical prophet at that time. Not one who was seen in the, um, running so much with the, the uh, people in the school of the prophet and the sons of the prophets. He wasn't, he wasn't necessarily still with them. But this one who had been called over to the side, this, this one who was bold enough to face Ahab and Jezebel and the foolishness they had going on in the kingdom at that time. This, this, this anointing, this mantle, you mean you don't just want me to preach grace? You mean you don't just want me to be a nice little good church member and just go pay my tithes and go home? You mean that you have something greater for me? You mean that when you told me you were going to start breaking off generational curses and changing my route and you mean that you telling me to just leave my, 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 my troubled children alone for a little while so I can dedicate myself to fasting and prayer and you mean to tell me when you started removing the distractions of my family from around me, you were casting Elijah's mantle upon me. See, in scripture, one thing we have to know about Old Testament scripture especially is that it's full of types and foreshadows right so God is not going to do something that we never ever see done before the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun so even if it's new for you and new for your bloodline we can look at scripture and say well Elijah well Moses well Abraham well Saul even if it's new for you, God wants you to be able to take comfort in the fact that this has taken place in some way in his word. And you can look at it to understand, no, God does function this way. When God has a mighty mantle for you to carry, a mantle of sanctification, hallelujah, a mantle of power. When he has something different for you, he will separate you. At, the, at what to you would be the most inopportune time. You mean to tell me I'm right in the middle of this though. I'm right in the middle of doing this thing. I'm right. I'm still with my family. My mind hasn't been wrapped around the prophetic ministry yet. I know my, my, my natural family's business. But it, it, it's like God is just thrusting people into his business. Our, our, our heavenly father's business. And we're going to speak about this. And um, when we get to Matthew, so Elijah, he's doing this work and 
Elijah comes and he throws his mantle on him. And Elisha already knows what that means. And he says, listen, um, let me, I pray thee, I'm asking you, just let me go kiss my father and my mother. Let me wrap up some loose ends. Let me tell them that the inheritance that I was going to get, it's no longer mine. It no longer belongs to me because God has given me a different future and a different destiny. So whatever they had, they can keep it. Because God has placed this great mantle upon me now. And I have to go. Whatever was connected to the family, whatever cycles, whatever was swirling in that bloodline, it no longer is mine. This mantle here has separated me. I love y'all, but I gotta go. This mantle here has pushed me in a different direction. I have to go. Thank you, Jesus. And so he goes and he ties up those loose ends with his family. He says, listen, I love y'all. Let's eat this final meal together. I'm going. And it says, and then he arose in the 21st uh, verse and he went after Elijah and he began to serve Elijah and in serving him, of course, he was learning. So we see Elijah actually says, OK, you know what? You want to go and tie up some loose ends? Go and tie those loose ends up. Do what you have to do because you'll never see your family again. Now, turn with me to Matthew 4. Turn with me to Matthew 4 because there's a parallel here. And the Lord had been putting this together for me for weeks and I didn't even realize it. I remember I was reading in Matthew and I said, oh, wow, this really is reminiscent of Elijah and Elisha. This is it's really um, very similar. But I noticed that although there were similarities, that there was this difference. Let's read these scriptures so that we can get into the difference. Matthew 4, 21 through 22. And it says, and going on from thence, he saw, and speaking about Jesus, other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he caught them. So now Jesus comes and he has this mantle and he says, hey, come here, I got something for you. And what do they do? In verse 22, it says, and they immediately left the ship in their father and followed him. What is the revelation here that in this church age, we don't have the time to tarry like Elisha did when he went back to tie up those loose ends with his family. In this church age, we have to move with urgency. So when God says go, we have to go. Because see, if you want to be severed from the dysfunction of your family and the misfortune of your family, and the issues of your family, this thing is time sensitive. You have to go now. When God says to move, you move. So not only did they leave what they were doing, it's the, you see at play their, their, their family business and their family together, their father with them. And they left, not just the nets, not just the family business, they actually left their father standing there by himself with it because they received the call from God. It says he called them. They received the call from God. So what happened? They got this mantle cast upon them and now they had to go and they didn't have time 
to sit down and broil fish and eat it with their father. They went immediately. I want to speak to you that if you were one who raised up your hands because of episode one and said, I want this anointing of Elijah. I want this mantle. I want the confidence. I want the message. I want the boldness. I want the spirit of restoration in me and my church and my leaders. I want to see it in the body of Christ. You have to move immediately. Why? Because God is moving now. He's calling now. And he's not going to wait for you to go back and take yourself back into situations that he's calling you out of. No, no. The church age is here now. It's not just the person, Elijah. It's the spirit. It's the mantle. And God is taking that mantle because it's, it's God placed it on Elijah. Okay. That anointing, that mantle, God did it. So now God is taking that spirit and he's taking that mantle and he's casting it on his disciples now. And he's saying immediately. So we see people and they begin to say, listen, I want to follow you, but I need to go and I need to bury my father. I need to finish this up. And he's like, no, you, you can't. <laughs> Either you're going to follow me or you're not. This is bigger than your bloodline. This is bigger than people being offended. This is an eternal call. And you have to answer it now. And you'll figure out the particulars later. Uh, James and John didn't know exactly where they were going to be going. They didn't know exactly what they were going to be doing. They didn't know what they were really getting themselves into. Remember, even as after they were following Jesus and they said, you know, we want to, we want to, he says, Oh, are you able to drink of the cup and, 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 and be baptized with the bat? Are you able to go through the things that I'm about to go through? And they said, yeah. And he says, you don't even know what you're asking for, but certainly you will, you will go through these things. They had no idea that they would be martyred or, or John, um, in this instance, he would be persecuted. James would be martyred. They had no idea that when they left their father, they were leaving him for real and they wouldn't see him no more. One of them would end up dead for this man who just called them. They didn't know what they were getting themselves into. They didn't have time to think about it. They just had to go. And just like Elisha ministered unto Elijah, they had to go and minister unto Jesus. That same mantle entered into the church age through John the Baptist. And it was cast on the disciples of Jesus Christ. And God still has this necessity laid upon us to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children so that we won't be making merchandise out of them. We won't be charging people to come to our church services. We won't be selling everything else to the ground. These are your children, your sons and your daughters. You love them. This spirit is going to be restoring the, the hearts of the sons back to the fathers where they would be respecting the church because the fathers are respectable. That the sons would love and the sons would minister the way that Elisha ministered to Elijah, the way the disciples ministered to Jesus, that this would be restored in the church. But it takes, it takes us being willing to carry this mantle. And in order to do that, we would have to be willing to separate from what we've known 
before? Are you willing to go bigger than your bloodline? Are you willing to step away so that God can step into you and really move in a unique way? Our families shape the perception of who we are and what we're going to do. And we can know we're anointed. But let me tell you how this is true. Because every time God tells us to do something that they didn't do, we say, well, I, I don't know about that. Now, if they've always worked, you know, nice, good, I have nothing against them. I've worked them myself, hourly jobs, and God is calling you into your own business. You would have fear and say, I don't know how to do that. Nobody's ever shown me how to do that. Or what about God is calling you into marriage and everybody you know have always only been boyfriend and girlfriend or divorced or something in your family. You only saw those types of relationships. You're going to say, are you sure me? You want me to get married? Our families shape our perception of who we are. And when God is working his sovereign will within us and when he's placing his mantle upon us for power, he will have to separate us from our old environment. So we're not seeing the same things anymore. And out of and when he moves us out of that place, then he's able to start pouring into us a new identity. He's um, able to now show us things that we had not seen before. So if you find yourself in a new city, in a new state, in a new country, oh, it's for a reason. The location, your location, it matters. Hallelujah. So you take this time and you lift your hands to the Lord and you say, Lord, if you're calling me to be different, if you're calling me to separate, I say yes, because something has to change. And you need to say this for your children. They're not going to go through what your mother went through. Whatever you saw your mother going through, they're not going through that. They're not going through what your, what your siblings went through. There has to be a line of separation then. They're not going to go through what my father went through. Mm -mm. So then there has to be a line of separation. Somebody has to say, it ends with me. God, I say yes. I'm leaving them oxen. I'm dropping my nets. By daddy, God has called me. And he's cast this mantle upon me. And it's bigger than me right now. This is for the church. That even if I'm not here anymore, this assignment still has to keep going. It's still restoration still has to keep going. The message of repentance still has to keep going. The order, the confidence in the prophetic and the boldness still has to be, it still has to keep going. The line of separation and the distinction between the holy and the profane and the false prophets and the true prophets and Jezebel's prophets and Jehovah's prophets. It has to keep going. These things can't die y'all. So, is it going to go and start with you? Are you too fearful to drop your nets and to say yes immediately? Well, I'm going to lead you in prayer right now. And I uh, will let the Lord have his way with you. This word is going to continue to bear fruit in you. And um, in God's perfect timing, he will allow this mantle 
to really come forth upon you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know the fears, the uncertainties, the doubts, and the questions your children um, have as they are listening to this message in the name of Jesus. We pray that you just speak peace to them right now in the name of Jesus. We know that you are the author and the finisher. Hallelujah of our faith. We know that you are in complete control of it all in the name of Jesus. And we just right now, we synchronize ourselves with you in the name of Jesus. We say yes, we find ourselves in sync with you, harmonious with you. We agree, Jesus. We say yes. There's nothing in our lives, there's nothing in our bloodlines that's more important or more appealing than you. So we say yes to you. We lift our hands to you. We surrender to you and God in your own perfect timing. Bring us forth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let patience have her perfect work so that you can be entire lacking nothing, church. The Lord will birth a new thing in you, in you. He'll take this mantle and keep it going in you. Hallelujah the new thing in you. If you want the new thing, grab it because God has it for you. I love you. I thank you so much for um, listening in this week about Elijah's mantle being bigger than your bloodline. And I pray that you've learned. I pray that you've grown. I pray that you are stirred. And I pray that you hit your knees in your prayer closet and you begin to ask for instruction, direction, resources, connections, and everything else that you would need to fulfill the will of God upon your life. And I love you. God bless you in Jesus name. Thank you for listening to the Destin Women Ministries podcast. I pray this fellowship was edifying, enlightening, and encouraging. If our fellowship blessed you today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. While you're at it, share this episode with friends, family, co-workers, social media followers, or anyone you believe would benefit from this teaching. And I'll be right back here every Monday and Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Destined Women Ministries podcast. For more information about this ministry, please visit www.destinedwomenministries.com.